Hi, I'm Connor Byrne, and this is That's What I Call Marketing, the podcast where you will hear from the leading lights in the marketing world and listen to their unique insights. Today, I catch up with the MD of Accenture Song, Richard Carr. If you're listening in Ireland, you probably know Richard and associate his name with Rothko, one of the country's leading ad agencies for the past few decades. But after being acquired by Accenture in 2017, the agency has followed the path of other markets and pulled together its new offering under the guise of Accenture Song. So today gave me a chance to understand more about that offering from Richard. This conversation then quickly leads us into some wonderful discussion about the perspective Richard has on the marketing landscape globally. We talk about the power of technology and marketing, and not just in an execution perspective, but actually the power within an organization when there's joined up thinking between these two parts of the organization. We talk about the role of agencies in helping clients remain relevant and how agencies themselves have to remain relevant to their clients. We discuss ways of working in a post-COVID era and also how we as an industry are doing with diversity of thinking. Just before we get into this great episode with Richard Carr, uh, just a reminder to subscribe uh, to the podcast wherever you are listening or watching. And that will mean you get a notification of when our next episode drops. Or you can, of course, visit that's what I call marketing.com where all our previous episodes are hosted. So for now, let's get into the episode with Richard Carr of Accenture Song. Richard, thanks a million for joining me on That's What I Call Marketing. Great to great to have you as a guest. First of all, anyone who's watching this will see it's a little bit different. So we're we're here in your offices in in Smithfield in Dublin. So thanks for having us in this fantastic venue. For anyone who's listening or watching that may not know Richard Carr, can you give me just a brief introduction of, of who you are and your your path to, to your current role? So the path to, to current role, I was one of the owners of a creative agency called Rothko. And I think to Irish listeners, they're probably familiar with, with Rothko's yeah. journey. Rothko, we sold Rothko to Accenture back now in 2018. Um, and uh, through, you know, a long path, <laughs> these things take time because it was in sync with a lot of other global acquisitions. We are now at a stage where we are now Accenture Song um, and Rothko has been, has joined the Droga5 creative agency. Can you explain to me then the interaction of Accenture Song how Droga5 fits in because there's lots of different elements to to the business. I think it's important to kind of people who may not know how it works understand how how it all works. Yeah, no, no, good, good question, important one. So look, safe to say we're a year old. So Accenture Sound right. has really only been out there in the in the marketplace globally for for about twelve months. Um, and Accenture Song is a very novel idea. And the idea originally, David Droga's concept came from. Why don't we take the key part of what clients are looking for now, which is which is creativity, yeah. but join it with technology and join it in turn with consulting and consulting skills. So we're a blend of those three very distinct disciplines yeah. that traditionally wouldn't have come together. And the reason for that, I mean, I think everybody's aware that the world has changed beyond recognition, particularly in the last three years. And clients' problems have become harder to crack. So we've had to bring very different skill sets to, together. And I, you know, I love the stat that CEOs think their business in 10 years' time will probably not exist, right. which is pretty startling. 
but but equally very understandable. You only have to look at the pace of technology to sort of get yeah. that. So we're set up to try and help our clients stay more relevant to their customers in turn. And then we have to clearly stay more relevant to our clients and we see our business changing in front of our eyes every day. Yeah, and it's that, I, I think that relevance for clients and for yourselves is, is really, really important. And that, does the mix of creativity, technology, and consultancy, how are you staying on, kind of on top of all of that? Well, I mean, I think it's, I, I don't think it would have been an exaggeration to say that it's, it's a difficult thing to do. Yeah. We're now six years in and the journey to get to where we are now is never straightforward and doing something new and doing something different in any marketplace or in anywhere is always is always challenging but it's also very very rewarding because you get the opportunity to turn up in a very very different way and i love the idea i love the fact that we work with people who have very different educational yeah. backgrounds very different skill sets the fact that we have engineers and that we have people who did arts degrees and people who did design and came from creative background. And that for me is fascinating. And that, that puts us in a very unique place in the market, you know, there in the marketplace as well. And how are you, how have you found, I guess, the transition from being an independent agency effectively to being part of something that's be, that's much bigger and much uh, more global. So I think I, again, any journey like this, Lots of lots of obstacles, lots of things to get used to. Yes, it's very very different, um, and and you know, even from from my experience personally, you're you're doing effectively your own thing. I was very lucky to have three amazing business partners in Paul Hughes, Patrick Hickey, and Patrick Ronaldson, who I worked with for a very long time, <laughs> and we did our you know with the wonderful team in Rothko, we effectively did our own thing as you do with any yes. business, obviously the great support clients that we have. Thankfully, many of those clients are, are still with us because they were, um, in a happy coincidence, clients also of Accenture. So you move from that to, to being part of one of the world's largest PLCs. It's a very, very different, yeah. it's a very different world, but also brilliant because it's a great learning experience and a great learning experience for, for anyone. You learn different ways of approaching things, you learn different skills. And that's, that's very helpful in responding to where our clients are now because so much change has taken place before us. What are those interactions that you're having with marketers in this market, in other markets, you know, like the UK? What are Because you're right, I think that the complexity of what marketers have to face is different, phenomenal, challenging. You know, CMOs are trying to keep on top of, you know, sometimes keeping their jobs, you know, and keeping yeah. going and showing impact. So what are the conversations you're having with marketing leaders? Yeah, I think the conversations are very, very similar. I think marketing is is at something of a, a crossroads or, or two roads, and it, it probably will either go two ways, but let me keep going with the analogy. So there is there's one road which is very much tech-led, AI-driven, mass content, platform-based. And then there's another road, which is highly innovative, highly cutting edge, highly leading the pack and leading the, leading the C-suite. I actually think marketing needs to go both roads yeah. at the same time and simultaneously. It, it's not about picking a side, but marketeers need to own both those worlds in the same way that we've had to do that as our, as our business. Um, marketing, I think sometimes, I, I hate labels, 
but but marketing does become a little labeled in certain organizations where it's sort of stuck a little bit in the corner as a as a corporate function or as a, or as a cost center mm-hmm. and i think yeah. increasingly when marketing can attach itself to growth and to the customer and the end user i think that's very very powerful because owning the customer in an organization owning the customer at the boardroom is 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 the space where marketing is probably most comfortable, but it's also the most powerful because every organization needs customers and that's where the source of growth, be it old or new ones, are going to be. So that for me is that that crossroads, that intersection where marketeers need to to be. But it's a difficult job. Being a CMO is hard. I think what we're seeing is the successful CMOs and chief customer officers are are the ones who bring that intersection of, of creativity and technology together and are really joined with what the rest of the C-suite are, are, are looking for. And that's where the, where the power is. I mean, the, the great alliance in any organization, and we see it increasingly, is between the CTO and the CMO. That's where the, the really? great traction happens because getting the CTO on board is a very, very powerful space. Very powerful. More, more powerful than... The CFO, because that's always been a big discussion, yeah, hasn't it? CMO, CFO. Yeah. Well, I mean, our, again, this is an opinion of, of one. I think <laughs> the, the power when CTOs and CMOs join is that they're able to then build the case for why you invest in marketing and why you ultimately invest in the customer. CMO marketing spends are generally considerably lower compared to what organizations will spend on technology. Tech. Right. Considerably lower. So... You know, from a CFO's point of view, if there's a return on what I'm doing and return on a good return on investment, they're going to back it. I think where that, that C-suite can elevate it to how do we stay relevant as an organization? Because relevance is everything. Yeah. You only have to see the changes over the last uh, number of years. It's kind of frightening. Maybe t- touching on that, it's just changing at, at such a pace and, you know, keeping up with it, I think, is a is a huge thing. And probably for, for clients, it's, it's a big thing for them to try to figure out. Are you, are you finding more and more clients coming to, to your team saying, help us figure this out because we don't want to get distracted necessarily. And I feel that's a huge role agencies can play is actually helping clients, you know, where they may not have time to figure some of this stuff out. Yeah, I think undoubtedly, undoubtedly. I mean, it, it is, it is on, on clients' minds a lot and we have a lot of conversations. I think we just always have to be a little wary. I mean, generative AI, you know, 18 months ago, everybody spoke about the metaverse extensively. Yes. Now it's generative AI, 18 months time, it'll be something else. And all these things will, will, you know, merge together in, in time. But I think we have to be careful that what we're trying to do at all times is help our clients stay relevant yeah. to their customers. So we, you know, as, 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 as Accenture Sound, need to be in the business of bringing new things yes. to clients if they help them yeah. stay, stay relevant to those customers. I, I agree because I'd, I'd read somewhere, you know, some people are kind of being critical of, of kind of marketers saying another shiny new ball and every marketer is going out like cats after a piece of string. And I'm not sure I fully agree because I think, you know, if we're not curious yeah. to find out, then we're not, I think we're possibly in the wrong business, to yeah. be honest with you. That curiosity has to be there. I think yeah. the, the skill is the balance. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think quite close to the DNA, the classic marketing brain, it has to be curiosity. Yeah. 
hugely important. And it's it's at the core of creativity as yeah. well. It would be great to see marketing reinvent itself as that curious, highly relevant, very tech-enabled profession yeah. that, 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 sat, that sat in the middle and of the C-suite and had those solutions that were much more holistic rather than just being about we're going to use advertising to crack this, this problem. And that's the power. If you, you go to the essence of what marketing is about, it's growth, it's about yeah. relevance, you know, advertising, technology, you know, transforming your call center are all very valid. And, yeah. You know, arguably can be owned by a capable marketeer. And also part of, again, if you think the customer, the customer experience, right? Like all those touch points. I'd often talk to people about brand and, you know, brand almost being a a dirty word because people are like, oh, they say brand, they just mean the TV ad and it's, you know, very one dimensional where all those things you've touched upon are where customers interact with, call it your organization, call it your brand, call it your company. And so understanding how those interactions happen and how they meet, make people feel or experience is hugely important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, it goes back to the, you know, maybe 20 years ago, you could put out an advertising campaign and it would make people people feel something yes. about your brand um, and they go into the supermarket and purchase it. I think now we live in a world where, yes, you can put something out there that makes people feel something about your brand, but within three seconds, they're on their phone looking at it. Yes. And if that experience isn't brilliant, they're going to move yeah. elsewhere. So again, marketing owning that full holistic experience is very exciting, really exciting space to be but more complex, without doubt. Definitely. And what then are you seeing in terms of gaps, you know, that marketers need to, to fill in terms of competency or c- capability? So good, good question. So if you're doing a marketing degree now and you're in, in college, about 50% of the coursework is on technology, is on platforms, is on innovation. And that is a complete change from somebody who maybe studied marketing 20 years yeah. ago. So I think for marketeers, the sort of upskilling, the understanding of, of where, you know, the digital core of a business sits, the understanding of cloud, f- how things are built and created on platforms is absolutely critical. It doesn't mean that they're a deep expert, but understanding how it's all connected is, is, really, is really important. Um, and, and again... Very exciting. Very yeah. exciting. It's new skills. It's it's putting the bits together and marketeers being naturally curious people. That's that's a great space to be yeah. because it helps then join the language of the C suite together. Because you know what the CTO and the CFO and the CIO are thinking. And um, that's powerful. Yeah. Marketeers naturally are good communicators. So bringing all that together is, is powerful. But it does require upskill. I spoke to a former colleague of mine who worked in the client success side of the business. And we were talking about technology and, you know, I said, how do you, how do you engage with new technology? And her answer was brilliant. She goes, I go to the newest people on the team and ask yeah. them what they're seeing because they're closer, they get it. And so she was giving that permission to, to everyone on her team to come with those ideas. How do you create that culture in, in this organization? Because, you know, it's over 200 people in Accenture Song, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. The, the short answer is with some difficulties. Yeah, these <laughs> things don't happen easily. But one of the th- techniques we use, and we nix this 
don't mind admitting it from, from somewhere else, but is to start a meeting on a client brief or client challenge and say, who's missing? Who's, you know, we've got two or three people in the room. Who's missing? What skill set do okay. we think we're missing here in this room if we're to take that, this problem? Because, you know, the problems are more challenging. There is the days of, you know, I mean, I think the days of when we used to work, you know, you'd have a, an art director and a copywriter work going yeah, on yeah. for two weeks. I mean, <laughs> yeah. those days are long, long, long gone in the dim and distant past. But it means then you bring a you know, team together that are very much cross discipline and, you know, you get a better answer for the client. Yeah. And I think the clients appreciate it as well, because the, I think for our clients who are, you know, they're under the same pressures, they're yes. huge pressures to try and be innovative and, and speak the language of, of their C-suite and get it, get it right. Um, so that's hugely appreciated. This is That's What I Call Marketing with your host, Connor Byrne. If you would like to get in touch with us, visit that's what I call marketing.com and see how we can help you and your business grow through marketing. You mentioned the client's pressure there. How do you get close to that and understand the client's business and just the even navigation that they have to go through? So again, another, another thing that we do more and more frequently is try and bring the a, more of a representative body of the the C-suite. And it doesn't always have to be the C-suite. It could be minus yeah. two levels. But people who work cross the, cross the disciplines of, of a client organization. So it could be the head of customer service or somebody who works in information technology or somebody who works on form side, somebody who works in the marketing department. And increasingly, when we engage broader in a client, um, in a workshop or whatever, we get better solutions, much, much better solutions because right. we get a better, we get a better sense of them. Yeah. But I think most interestingly, they get a better sense of themselves. And sometimes coming into a space like this in Smithfield, where it's 40,000 square feet of yeah. lots of nooks and crannies, um, you know, people can get out of their day job a little bit, yes. come in, have some nice coffee, uh, be a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more open to even meeting their own colleagues. And we've had a lot of very successful sessions in here. Yeah. And it's, I think that's really interesting that, that the getting the people out and actually then that opportunity to, yeah. to get to know each other yeah. in, a, in a very different way. I, I was reading stuff earlier this morning from MI3 in Australia who were talking about the, the model, the agency model and how that needs to evolve. And, you know, we're still probably in a somewhat hourly rate type model do you how do you see that moving and like are you more kind of project and revenue share type model or how's how's it working we we work i mean we are a very different setup than 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 what we were in the in the past in the past you know one of the things that we got really right in our rosco journey was pricing with with clients it was one of the one of one of those things we put a lot of focus in and I'm a big fan of more outcomes-based models, of which we work with some clients. It doesn't always suit, it doesn't always yes, work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that's much more powerful. I know you you've definitely shared a view, kind of the the need for humans to have kind of proximity and those interactions being really, really important. How is that working now in the post-COVID era for for you here? Well, so we we the way we work is we ask everybody to spend time with clients and colleagues. So you could be 
on a shoot or you could be on a client site or you could be in Smithfield or you could be in one of the, in the dock or wherever else. And that's, that's how, that's how we work for, for the time being. And I think it's, it's very important. It's also important for our mental health and our well-being. And look, at the end of the day, if you want people to collaborate, it's very hard to collaborate on a, on a screen. I also think you get to know the whole self. You get to know the people. I think one of the limiting things about purely screen time is you don't see the, the full person. I spoke with Jan Gooding for this podcast, phenomenal marketer. And she, she made a great point, which I loved, which is flexibility isn't flexible if it's only flexible for you. Yeah. <laughs> she, oh, it was great. So she was, there has to be flexibility on, on both sides. The other maybe counter argument is that perhaps we lose the opportunity of finding great talent if that great talent can only be in like a 25, 30 kilometer radius of the central location. What are your views on that? Yeah, so I, that, that's, a, that's a great point. I think, again, it's a, it's a balance. Again, you know, one of the wonderful things about technology and about Zoom and Microsoft Teams and all that is that you can reach a huge amount of people, um, deliver a very clear message and, and get them on site. So I don't see that ever ever going away. Yeah. In fact, it's only going to be more enhanced as we move into a spatial computing world, which is obviously the next phase that we'll go through in the next in the next four to five years. And I think we'll move away from our phones and our screens and more to more to a headset world, which is, you know, going Ter- to be part terrifies of me. Yeah. <laughs> fascinating and interesting and exciting and all that as well. Makes me yeah? dizzy. But so so we can do that, but it then needs to be balanced, yeah. as you said, by the the, the physical. So we're, we're always going to need, we're always going to need both. I mean, we have made, even from Droga team, from the agency point of view, they've made content in all sorts of parts of the world without ever having to go there. Yeah. The days of everybody hopping on a plane, a great expense to go and travel to the four corners of the world, I think are, you know, will be there where yeah. it's suitable, but certainly it won't happen on mass. That's a wonderful lesson. Yes. So it is the balance. It's, it's, putting all the ingredients into the soup and working out what's the, the best, the best result. Yeah. I participated in a, a shoot we did in India from my back garden. And so there was this incredibly talented, yeah. you know, brand managers and, and marketers there, creative people there. Yeah. But for me to go with an extra person, you know, and that extra cost, you know, actually if we have the screens and those people in the States able to dial in and out, I think that balance is, yeah. is really important. Yeah. Hard thing to get right. Not everybody gets it right, but yeah. you know, that's the world we're in. I think trust is a huge part of that. You know, trusting the people that are there to, to know what they're, they're doing. And, you know, I, again, I saw that and that ability just to say, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just here to, to view and, and share an opinion, but not get in the way. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that trust usually is built when people know each other. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Um, maybe touching on, on kind of that idea of, you know, making sure we get like diversity across the, the spectrum, you know, sp- spreading out and making sure we can have enough people of d- diverse opinions, backgrounds. How do you think we're doing? I, I don't specifically ask about Accenture Song necessarily, but as a, an industry overall, do you think we have enough diversity here? And I, and I, I mean, maybe as much about backgrounds and reflecting the audiences that we're trying to. Yeah. So short answer, no. Right. I think as, as and if we're, if we're focusing and talk about the marketing industry, but if you can 
you know, elevate that even further into the into the world that we're in with technology and consulting as well. I, I think we've we made a lot of strides, but yeah. I don't think we reflect the population. No, I don't, absolutely. And I think we are trying a number of initiatives. Um, I'll give you an example. We're in Smithfield here. Um, it's 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 north inner city Dublin. Um, I think it's highly unlikely that you know there's a lot of kids in school around here. I don't know many yeah. of them will end up working here as we're set up now. And we need to get better at reaching kids, particularly young people coming up in this industry. They're coming from very very different. It's not an easy thing to do, but hugely important because we won't reflect society. Yeah adequately if we don't do and i i just i mean there is a tendency you know people one of the 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 things that people tend to hire not always but tend to hire people in their likeness yes one of those things we all have to watch out for so again you know we are a very diverse group here by nature of of the skill sets that we have from consulting creative through technology but it's still mainly people who come from middle-class yeah. backgrounds, for yeah. example. And we need to make sure that it's not all about who got X number of points in the leaving cert and we're moving beyond that. So we need to get better and constantly be aware. Of them. Yeah. Um, That's br- but part of it, I think, is, you know, that, that experience, like uh, coming in and seeing somewhere like this. Like I remember going way, way back. I wanted to be a chef once, right? But it went way, way back. And I, I saw a kitchen when I was 11. I was like, oh my. God, this is amazing. And so sometimes it's just that spark and, yes. you know, having yeah, that. Yeah. And so that's brilliant that, you know, you could bring a kid into this studio and go, that's all I want to do. And, yeah. you know, yeah. knowing Absolutely. that and, and seeing that is, is, is brilliant. You know, if you take a, a step back as not necessarily in your role as, you know, lead of Accenture's on, but, you know, just as a, someone who's been in this business for a number of years, I know you started as an account, started as an account director. I was an account executive. Account executive, yes. right, yeah. right. Yeah. Just the, the change, you know, what, what do you, what are the changes? I look, huge changes, but the positive change I think you, you think you've seen yeah, in the industry. Yeah. So if we take, I mean, again, it depends what, I mean, it's almost what industry are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, but if I yeah. take it at the, the, which I joined was the advertising yeah. industry in Dublin originally, and I worked in Singapore for a little bit and all that. But take that industry. I mean, it's changed totally beyond recognition. But so has so so has fashion, so has music industry, so has so many different industries. And I think I think it's an incre- now is an incredibly exciting time for anybody to to join. I, I think coming into advertising, marketing, even where we are, technology consulting. It's a hugely exciting time because there's more tools yeah. at everybody's disposal. Now that sometimes can create a little bit of a dilemma in itself. It's a lot of choice, but it is it's phenomenal. Like it's phenomenal because there's very little that you can't do. I think the other change, which I love, is, you know, obviously I I when I first started, we were way back in the nineteen nineties. But I think looking in Ireland, I think there's a, an awful lot more ambition. And I think, you know, we were, as Rothko, a very ambitious company and we wanted to grow, but we also, we wanted to win Grand Prix in Cannes and we wanted to do, you know, work that the world really noticed. Um, And we achieved uh, many of those things. But I think that ambition and that self-confidence exists far more than in the industry that I joined that was still quite parochial, quite small, and was very much focused on 
you know, what was happening in London or New York. I think there's a confidence people on this island and that we didn't have and way back, way back then. And that's marvelous. And that's really attractive. And, you know, the world is for a lot of people, their oyster. Yeah. And that's, that's powerful. That's really powerful. And are we, do you think we're attracting enough globe? I mean, obviously a huge amount of foreign direct investment don't necessarily mean that, but I, I, like, I think about, you know, market like Amsterdam, where there's a huge amount of kind of global work that happens there, you know, are we, Attracting enough of that? We, we, we certainly are attracting a lot more than we did in the yeah. past. And the industry, by international standards, and then again, going, depends what industry we're talking yes. about. Yeah, yeah. If we go back <laughs> into the, just the advertising industry, is still, is still relatively small. But, you know, there's a lot more international work. I mean, we, I remember one of the, my <laughs> moments when I began in the industry was, oh, no, you'll never do international work. I remember hearing it. I remember vividly hearing it. And it was one of the things we were very determined to do in, in Rothko yeah. was just to, to break the, the, the boundaries. And our, our sort of crux moment was way, way back in 2008 in the, when the economic crash had, had really set in. We had just for, we were lucky enough to have just won Allied Irish Banks as a client and then all hell broke loose <laughs> in the economy. And, and we set ourselves the objectives. We need to get out there. We need to work with big international clients and work then with Heineken, Heineken and, yeah. and, and the, the, rest is, the rest is history. So, yeah, I, you know, it's, this is interesting times, good times. You know, we're going to see a lot more of that. So I think, I think the industry, if it hasn't, you know, it certainly is, has ambition. But I think a lot of the things we've touched on yeah. in, in the last few minutes are very similar. I think the industry, if it stays in a, we are just in advertising rather than in being relevant or helping our clients stay relevant, I think, you know, that's not going to work out yeah. very well. But relevance and understanding customers and understanding where they're going is, that's a powerful place to be. Yeah. And, and the growth piece, I think, you know, for me, it's coming out of the, you know, it's a yeah. huge thing. All those things will lead to growth. And then- yeah you know, you're driving the business forward with your partners, you know, with the likes of Accenture Song, which yeah. is, you know, where it needs to be. As we come to a close, Richard, you know, as a leader, what are some of the challenges and you're, you're facing as a leader of an organization? I think, I mean, look, I think the speed of change and the speed of trying to stay you know, alongside our clients and helping them to grow their business is always a challenge, but it's always been a challenge. And I think the more time that we spend together, both ourselves and clients are very, very important. But I think most of all, it's purpose. And, and I think when we keep our purpose very front and center, and that purpose being we're helping our clients stay relevant to their customers, that's very powerful for people. And I think when you, when no matter what discipline they come from, if they turn up with that purpose and that everybody's reminded that that's the reason they get out of bed in the morning, yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. So, you know, it's always, you know, particularly in an organization like ourselves, it's always very challenging. We have lots of people from different organizations. I mean, there's multiple positions in, in this building, not just Rothko, because we have some of the Fjord team that joined us and Boomerang or a life science agency. So you're bringing very different cultures together. But I think if you can align people around that purpose, that that's powerful. And you can constantly communicate it. Yes. I mean, they often, you know, people always say that in any leadership role, 
the easy part are the metrics and the, you know, the, the profitability and all those kind of things. The hard part is the culture. Yeah. And the, you know, and, and, and that, that's something that we don't always get right. We certainly don't. But I think in the, in the main, we have a group of people from very, very different coming together, working very closely together um, and, and doing a good job of it. And that's, I'm very proud of that. And um, we've a lot more work to do. But, you know, after 12 months to get to that stage, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a great start. And we're really looking forward now to kicking off in, 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 into next year. Brilliant. Richard, thank you so much thank for you, speaking to me today. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah, best of luck. I mean, it's only going one way. Right. Well, listen, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks a million. Thank you. Richard has a fascinating perspective on the world we're operating in. As a leader himself, you can see he thinks deeply about what being relevant means to him, Accenture Song, the result, what that means to their clients. The ambition is clear and you can almost feel it in the building when you were there. It was really interesting sense that dynamic and I think it's important for us and as a country in Ireland but also just as an industry wherever you are based we have that vision ambition to do great things go further really push ourselves so that's it for this episode thanks for listening to that's what I call marketing if you did enjoy it please of course share subscribe so you can get a notification of when our next episode lands and you can find all previous episodes on that's what I call marketing.com. We're on Twitter, that's underscore marketing. Instagram, that's what I call marketing. And you can watch our episodes back on YouTube. And you guessed it, that's what I call marketing. So for me, your host, Connor Byrne, until the next episode, thanks very much.